All right, good morning, Four Oaks. Sorry, just a little bit late there on the going live, but we are here. It is a crisp Thursday morning, September 22nd. I'm Pastor Paul here at the home office at Four Oaks Church. Welcome to Romans Rewind. This is where we take a few minutes every weekday to unpack a portion of God's Word. In this season, of course, we're running concurrently with our sermon series on the Book of Romans, and we are up to Romans chapter 12. Of course, Romans 12 begins what is traditionally thought of as sort of the, the practical section of Romans, the therefore, in light of this great body of theological truth and doctrine and the gospel, Paul says, here's now how you shall live. And of course, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is sort of the headliner over the last five uh, chapters of Romans Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship to the Lord. And then Paul sort of applies those two verses to a myriad of areas as he works his way through um, the rest of the letter. And the, the first sort of category of church life that he, uh, that he addresses is serving um, and using our spiritual gifts. And that's what we've been unpacking this week. So let me read the passage again for us and let's continue on in our in our journey. For by the grace, this is Romans 12:3, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are a one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And we've spent the first couple of days this week talking about the gifts of teaching and prophecy and how we're to understand those. And I think yesterday we talked about this idea of being generous, both personally and in empowering others to be generous through our leadership. And this morning, I want to look at the last two gifts that Paul mentions here, and I want to focus also on not only the gift, but the way that Paul says the gifts are to be used, or these particular gifts are to be used. And that's that's a reminder, right? It echoes what Paul is going to tell us um, in our passage this coming week um, in Romans 12, 9. It echoes what he says in 1 Corinthians 13, that we can have gifts, that we can exercise them, that we can be employing them in the use of the building up of the body of Christ, yet at the same time, um, doing them in the wrong sort of way, which, which sort of drowns out the very service that we're doing. And of course, Paul is going to talk about love and that without love, our gifts are a clanging cymbal. They're a gong, they're loud voices. And, and so as I look, as we look at these last two serving gifts, we, we want to focus on the gift as well as the way Paul says the gift needs to be used because with all of our gifts, there's going to be a way 
to use them that honors the Lord in a way that to use them that doesn't honor God, if not done with the right heart in the right spirit. And so these two gifts, I think, give us a good, a good leaping off point to illustrate this idea. It says here, go back, verse 7, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So let's start with leads. And the idea behind the word there is, is, is someone who is not just in front, okay, um, necessarily uh, talking to people, although they are in front. This is someone who's initiating, someone who is, who is pushing forward ideas, who is pushing forward structure, who is pushing forward organization. And this, um, this obviously there are officers, pastors, elders, others who have the gift of leadership. And there could be overlap here, but not necessarily. There are those who, um, might be more gifted in the area of being a deacon, but have leadership gifts. And it's a reminder that the body of Christ um, really needs men and women who can mobilize people for ministry, who can put their gifts to use, um, not just in doing something hands-on, as important as that is, but getting others to do things and to serve. And so here I'm thinking about, and I mentioned this yesterday, I think, in Acts chapter six, uh, when the seven men were appointed or by the people and the apostles to help the overseeing of the distribution of food, um, these were men who were pushing structure and organization forward. They were, they were initiating, they were um, directing people. And once again, they weren't apostles, but they were, they were leaders. And so one of the encouragements I have for you is if you are someone who is, who is naturally gifted at moving things forward and helping people get from point A to point B or a project from point A to point B, the body of Christ desperately needs your gifts. Now, Interestingly, this one comes, and, I, and the warning is probably too strong, but a, but a qualifier. It says to do so with zeal. Now, why would Paul have to remind leaders to be zealous or to be full of Holy Spirit energy? Well, there is a natural tendency in the flesh for leaders to be lazy and the reason there is that tendency is that leaders oftentimes don't have the same kind of oversight and management that others do. Um, it's, quote unquote, sometimes easier for the leader to coast. It's easy, um, easier for the leader to, to sort of remain above the fray, to lean into the comforts of their position to, to take advantage, if you will, of their status in the community. And if you want to look at sort of um, the landscape of fallen evangelical leaders over the last decade or even the last few years, you'll always notice that there is a sense that trouble begins when the leader begins to feel that the rules don't apply to him or her, that they are sort of exempt and above the fray. And there, 
leaks into that a sense of entitlement and privilege and and it can manifest itself into laziness or lethargy. So so Paul knows this and again he exhorts the exhorts those who lead to do so with zeal, with unflagging, that's the nature of the word, energy, devotion. Doesn't mean leaders don't need to rest and I mean that that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about a fleshly mindset. And so that's a great warning for all of us who have gifts or positions of leadership to not, again, goes, goes back to verse three, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, right? Um, humble yourself, consider others better than yourselves, imitate the attitude of Christ, and, and just remember that any gift of leadership has been given by the sheer grace of God. Now, you may say, well, that's, that's great, Pastor Paul. Those, you tell those leaders what, what? Um, I'm someone with act of mercy, which is the last gift mentioned here. I, I'm behind the scenes. I kind of serve quietly, and that's not really a temptation for me. I'm, I work hard. I don't flag in my energy. Right. But Paul does warn those with gifts of mercy, hands-on ministry, helping others to do so with cheerfulness. Interestingly, that word cheerful, cheerfulness, same word that Paul um, employs in Corinthians when he says God loves a cheerful giver. Now, again, why do those who are givers or shocks of mercy, why do they need to be reminded to be cheerful? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory because oftentimes they can be tempted not to be. They can be embittered in their service. They can be angry in their service. They can have a hard heart in their service. Um, you see this particularly um, on a personal level with people who are in a caregiving situation and maybe there's an addiction in the family or uh, some sort of disability and the person who's doing all the helping and the mercy um, feels taken advantage of, feels like they have been um, you know, just it's assumed their contribution and they become very angry, bitter um, in their service. Now they'll keep serving, right? Because they need that affirmation. They need people to tell them they're doing a great job, but inwardly their hearts are churning. Inwardly, um, you know, it's like the old adage, you know, mom told me to sit in the corner and I'm sitting down, but inside I'm standing up. It can be that sort of, sort of dynamic. Again, that kind of service doesn't honor God. Now, it may get things done. It may, God, God will use it to help people, but it's not a spiritual act of worship. The spiritual act of worship for the one who serves is the one who can do so cheerfully. Again, it's the same word. God loves the cheerful giver. God, of course, God calls us to give, but he calls us to give cheerfully. So, wherever you fall on that spectrum, and I think this is a good one to be reminded of. Um, oftentimes our gifts do fall out on a spectrum of those who are better with behind the scenes, hands-on um, versus those who are more initiative and leading things and people. And it's, it's, there's a spectrum, right? Um, but these are errors, tendencies that, that both kinds of people tend to fall into. Laziness, um, 